with 5.3 seconds remaining, Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. vision of peace and global unity alive with sounds and music from all the cultures of all the people all over the world. If you hear uh, like you think the ones on, what do you call it, music like the restaurants or on the elevators? That music is destructive. That music, if we had good music playing for people in a happy society on the streets, you know, I feel like uh, my music is I have a new record coming out. I was like, well, maybe this time they'll hear it. Yes, indeedy. You are listening to WCBN and FM Ann Arbor, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Nice cart to open the show with there as we contemplate... What, uh, <laughs> how even uh, Nixon's vision of peace and global unity in retrospect looks uh, composed and dignified. Well, the sea of tranquility. <laughs> hardly what we're in these days. After all, the twit keeps tweeting. The right wing is still bleeding. The world is still turning. And America is burning. <laughs> Everything's and, uh, on fire here. A lot of people's guts are churning, too. Yeah, there's that, too. Uh, yeah, the transition, I don't think we need to comment any further. It's an assortment of billionaires, right-wing hotheads, and, dare I say, racists. Oh, don't forget morons. Well, we've got the inexperienced <laughs> airheads. And the generals. There's a general everywhere. I mean... I am the very model of a modern major general. Uh, I have information, animal, vegetable, and mineral. I know the kings of England and can quote the fights historical. From Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. Uh, that was Gilbert and Sullivan, folks. I think they're going to make a comeback. <laughs> One of their memorable... Well, uh, uh, South Park uh, may be the only ones... Uh really fully capable of giving this all it deserves in a satirical send-up. I think my mother would have appreciated the fact that I got most of those four verses or four lines uh, more or less correct. It is quite memorable. Uh, actually, this new general, uh, Mathis, quite frankly, might be the best guy Trump has picked so far. Uh, I don't know that he should be heading up the Pentagon, um, and by the way, there is a prohibition uh, 
on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have to seek a waiver. Uh, we need to remember historically that uh, the Department of Defense is a bit of a oxymoron. You speak well, all the Department of War. Secretary of War. And the Department of Navy. And the 1947 National Security Act, uh, in which all sorts of very heinous things happened. Uh, the Republicans, by the way, had taken control of Congress. Truman was president, and he was being red-baited on many, many subjects. This was when the CIA was created. And, of course, they renamed the Department of War the Department of Defense. In uh, best Orwellian fashion. So our defense perimeter now extends uh, pretty much globally. China may be uh, dredging sand in the South China Sea to expand an island here and there, but... (laughs) Our reach remains global. Let's remember that during the Cold War, I think we had bases at one point in 132 countries on the globe. We did all sorts of wretched things to people, including evicting all of the people that lived on Diego Garcia. We needed an island base in the middle of the Indian Ocean to do what? project power into Afghanistan and Iraq. The B-2 bomber was stationed in Diego Garcia and was used for the first time in the first Persian Gulf War. Thank you very much, Ronald Reagan. Anyway, we have an understanding that the Defense Department is to be run by civilians. And they made a waiver once. That was George Marshall. George Marshall, one of the great Americans of the 20th century. He was, of course, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Really more of an administrator than a general in the conventional tactical sense. Yeah, he had uh, great uh, skills, understanding strategic issues, uh, dealing with personnel uh, problems. Generals, of course, fight a lot, (laughs) literally. Not only the enemy, but amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea that Donald Trump would be doing a victory tour, which in and of itself is relatively offensive since he's the 46% man, and calling uh, General Mathis Mad Dog, apparently a nickname that he doesn't uh, appreciate, and suggesting that he is the reincarnation of General Patton is very strange indeed. Uh, It seems to me that Mr. Mathis, and the reason that I'm going to praise him, is that he's actually an intellectual. He reads. He's read 10,000 books, allegedly, on military strategy. So when he is the very model of a modern major general, I suspect that uh, he pushes more books than does push-ups. I'm sure he's in plenty good shape still. Uh, Those guys are usually a little on the gung-ho side, Uh, but I'm still a little puzzled by why he's not being named the new chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. By the way, Marshall was brought in. He had retired from Secretary of State. He's best known, of course, for the Marshall Plan, enunciated in 1947 as sort of an extension and appendage of the Truman Doctrine. This led to the rebuilding of Western Europe, the eventual creation of NATO, and, of course, the 
equal and opposite reaction from the Soviets mm -hmm. by the creation of the Warsaw Pact. But anyway, the Korean War was going badly uh, for Truman, and he sort of brought Marshall out of retirement. He had been in poor health and had resigned from the Secretary of State's position um, some years earlier. I think he technically resigned in forty. Eight, and Dean Acheson took over. But in any event, um, in fact, he did. Uh, he Acheson took over uh, after uh, Truman was reelected in '48. But uh, in any event, Mathis strikes me as somebody who can speak truth to power. I don't think he's going to take any gruff from Mr. Trump. Sounds like he may have some battles with uh, General Flynn. I don't know if General Petraeus is coming, he's, coming he's, around the bend, but he well, might he's be. He's being mooted as one of the—they're uh, having a hard time uh, filling the Secretary of State. Yeah. My, my gut feeling is that Mitt Romney said, thank you, no. <laughs> we haven't heard from him in a little bit. And every day there's a, well, there's uh, new names being mooted for Secretary of State. And Petraeus has announced he learned from his uh, mistakes of sharing confidential memos with his uh, biographer slash uh, lover. Yeah. It's kind of a good setup if you can have uh, a love affair with your biographer. <laughs> that makes for a pretty good read, I suppose. The talking points remain in order, as they say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who knows what's going on with Mitt Romney and who would want to be the Secretary of State with Donald Trump uh, twittering, tweeting, and calling all sorts of people. Then you know, the likelihood that uh, any number of these cabinet appointees uh, last outside of an 18-month period is, of course, entirely uh, plausible. I mean, people do leave the cabinet. Well, and, yeah. Uh, and when they... they're faced with the kind of spontaneous, you know, 3.30 in the morning tweets, you know, I've been rendered superfluous. Well, and, and look at the latest uh, member of the Motley crew, Ben Carson. <laughs> Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, huh? Uh, this is a fairly big government agency. Um, it's responsible for Freddie Mac, Ginny Mae, you know, the FHA, uh, housing assistance, Republicans tend to give that position to an African-American because they feel, and again, it plays into Trump's uh, rhetoric of uh, inner cities, are it, it's a black problem. Uh, so you put an African-American in charge of housing and urban development, that's what Reagan did. Uh, and there, we're covered, we're good. We got a black guy on board, and uh, that'll shut those liberals up. And indeed, Sam Pierce's... My recollection yeah, of Sam that Pierce. fellow's name eventually got enmeshed in a scandal. And, of course, the uh, folklore is that Reagan, after six years, didn't even know who he was. No, in fact, there was a... Met him and, and thought he was a mayor. No, there was a... Well, that <laughs> is Mr. Mayor, also yeah. uh, true, but uh, there was a Kennedy Center for the Performing, Performing Arts tribute to a number of great you know, American artists and musicians. One of the... Uh, honorees was Lionel Hampton. Uh, Ronald Reagan confused Sam Pierce with Lionel Hampton, and uh, Lionel Hampton said, no, no, that's the other black guy over there. <laughs> oh, oh, Reagan didn't know. Couldn't tell. 
Couldn't tell. Sharp as a tack. Couldn't remember. Uh, of course, the conflicts of interest galore just keep popping up. Uh, who knew that Donald Trump had borrowed money from China? Uh, well, if he'd released Deutsche his Bank, uh, taxes, uh, we might have known. Seems there are a number of hotels being erected in India. In his name, Commander Trump. Uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of silly. Of course, the world has had a lot of um, major turns of events in the last couple of weeks. Most Americans might know not know this, but how fascinating to see in India the Prime Minister of India suddenly announced that I think it was $500 rupee bills are no longer good. Oh, right. Yeah. It's created a massive economic catastrophe. Yep. <laughs> they can't print enough money quick enough. And by the way, this may explain why money has been moving into the stock market here in the United States. Uh, South Korea, they're having massive protests every day. Uh, another ally of the American uh, imperial machine, uh, of course, instrumental in the uh, conflict still with the real lunatics on the planet, the North Koreans. Let's remember, by the way, that uh, it was George W. Bush that scuttled the uh, nuclear proliferation treaty with North Korea. Did so in 2005. What was their response? They're firing little tiny missiles into the Sea of Japan. Uh, Mathis, by the way, uh, uh, Mattis, uh, he actually allegedly uh, it, views Iran as a threat uh, to be contained, but he doesn't want to renege on the uh, nuclear proliferation treaty with Iran. That's actually good news. Mm -hmm. How about the right wing being defeated in Austria? With some elections yesterday for president, his position is a bit of a head of state situation rather than a power in the government. But uh, Austrian voters relatively decisively reassured Western Europe that they're not going right wing for the moment. And given the fact that that is the birthplace of Adolf Hitler... That's a uh, not an insignificant uh, sigh of relief. Maybe some of these alt-right rallies and conventions in Washington in which all sorts of alternative reality is being conveyed and accepted as sort of mainstream reality, uh, which is very troubling, uh, may have actually woken some people up in Austria. Oh, yes, and by the way, OPEC is suddenly back in business. Don't know if you've been... Uh, <clears throat> privilege to have to buy gas in the last week yep, it's ticked up notice it's gone up uh, 20 to 30 cents a gallon uh, only donald trump uh, could successfully get the iranians and the saudi government to come up to an agreement on something since they're they are actually fighting numerous proxy wars in the middle east as we speak standing rock what a great uh, development Piece of good there. news there too yeah well, let's not kid ourselves. This pipeline has <laughs> relatively been built already, proving the point that uh, the United States has frequently uh, reneged on treaties with Native American people. They've been encroaching on the Sioux Nation for decades. 
Yeah, I don't even think you can hold back uh, with the word frequently. Consistently. Yeah. Consistently. And uh, to see um, this temporary setback for the the pipeline. Oh, and by the way, Donald Trump turns out to own stock in uh, the, what is this called, the Energy Trans- Transfer Partners. Probably another one of those LLCs and another blatant right. conflict of interest. Well, they issued a statement of their own, uh, the uh, energy concern involved here, denouncing the uh, Obama administration as anti-energy. And lawless. Uh, I'm not really sure what anti-energy even means. Oh, I guess because of the coal thing, but uh, as we've spoken about numerous times on here, there are many reasons why coal has slipped by the wayside. Uh, it's not Obama's fault. And, yeah, Trump may want to brush up on his uh, factoids about uh, world energy production and uh, the decline of uh, coal jobs here in the United States. Uh, they've been in decline since the 70s. Uh, strip mining has replaced underground mining, for instance. Wyoming produces more coal than West Virginia and Kentucky combined. They use big machinery. Strip mining is this, well, it's what we saw in Petropolis, essentially. Right. Or if you've been up in the hills in the Appalachian region, you can see the uh, rocks spray-painted green to fool uh, federal inspectors on flyovers. You can fool some of the birds some of the time. Some of the birds all of the time, but you can't fool all the birds all the time. Uh, there's a, by the way, there's a fascinating uh, map of the Dakota pipeline controversy in the Friday, November 25th edition of the New York Times showing this disputed area, how the pipeline comes out of the uh, um, so-called Bakken shale oil field that is right on the Montana-North Dakota border and how this comes down. Standing Rock is an area of America that is both in North and South Dakota. This is kind of an odd map to look at because the... The angles are not uh, justified to The angles are on a diagonal to accommodate the fact that the pipeline on the map is running north-south. But this uh, pipeline... The purpose of it, or the original goal, was to have it go all the way to uh, Illinois, uh, where it could be uh, trucked and shipped by rail. Uh, Shipping by rail and truck are still options um, that uh, are involved here. There, of course, are some disputed territories in North Dakota involving the Sioux. The treaty in question, by the way, just for the record, is the 1851 Treaty of Fort Laramie. (laughs) Um, Laramie, a city in Wyoming. There may have been a Fort Laramie somewhere else. I don't know if that figured into the last stand of General Custer. (laughs) But General Custer has some resemblances to Donald Trump. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this map actually More than a few. <laughs> shows that uh, that there was a proposed alternative route to avoid <coughs> the land of the Standing Rock Reservation, 
that the Energy Transfer Partners Corporation, Limited Liability Corporation, or whatever the heck it is, uh, obviously we're counting on ignoring. The argument being, well, we've built 90% of it. Why are you standing in the way kind of attitude? Um, this uh, article and diagram, by the way, goes into the conflicts along the 1,172 miles of the Dakota Access Pipeline. Very interesting reading because it shows how long this pipeline is, shows that it involves the states of uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri. And I guess it goes around Missouri, but uh, ends up in Illinois. So... Uh, Check out that diagram from the November 25th of 2016 edition of the New York Times. And, you know, eventually we're going to have uh, more significant and substantial pipeline protests here in Michigan because there's uh, currently a pipeline that runs through the Straits of Mackinac. It's very old. Uh, it's and bridge. Uh, yeah. And yeah. that is uh, not in good shape. And it's run and managed by the same firm that... Uh, had the toxic spill in the Kalamazoo River not so long ago. And so although a lot of the folks who live in the Straits of Mackinac region uh, are, are in Trump country, there everywhere you go up there, there's a lot of concern and stickers and yard signs uh, about shutting this pipeline down. Well, and the, the, the key thing and the, one of the key things in this whole dispute besides the uh, obvious... Uh, manipulation of propaganda uh, involving energy needs for America and so-called uh, capitalism and all this nonsense and the uh, obvious uh, breach of contract from various treaties with Native American people is the issue of water. One of the interesting things about this map is it shows how many river rivers are crossed and how much water is involved. You know, we are talking here about the Missouri River. Um, which is, uh, I don't think it's as long as the Mississippi, but I think it actually has more total water than the Mississippi. Um, I'll have to look that one up, but it's certainly the second long, uh, biggest river in the United States regardless. And, um, let's face it, water is a far more valuable resource and clean water at that than even sacred petroleum. Well, indeed, and uh, the environmental issues I don't think should just be uh, <laughs> swept under the rug or under the truck or under the Chris Christie bus. Have there been any sightings of Chris Christie lately? <laughs> Apparently not. But uh, this uh, fracking and some of this other energy production that's going on in the United States is not uh, a minor problem. Just wanted to point out a couple of things here. The uh, scientists in the uh, uh, province of Alberta in Canada have noted a link between fracking and earthquakes. Uh, this was published at the University of Calgary, who studied earthquakes near Fox Creek in the central part of the province, saying that the quakes were induced in two ways by increases on pressure as fracking occurred and for a time after the process was completed, by pressure changes brought on by the lingering presence of fracking fluid. That from the 18th of November uh, article by Henry Fountain 
that I believe might have I might have clipped that. That's from the New York Times. That might be a uh, uh, science article. Should have wrote down what section it was in. And uh, needless to say, uh, we've had earthquakes in Oklahoma. Uh, this is a headline from a couple of months ago. Oklahoma orders shutdown of wastewater wells after record tying earthquake. This is from the 4th of September. Once again, Henry Fountain co-wrote an article here by, uh, also written by Niraj Chokchi, and I may be mispronouncing that name, but this uh, was involved a um, earthquake uh, in the Oklahoma region of 5.6 on the se uh, seismic scale, and this occurred near Pawnee County. In Oklahoma, and of course the biggest oil refinery area and where a lot of this fracking is occurring is right in this mm -hmm. another pipeline issue where there's plenty of fracking going on. So not only do we have earthquakes occurring, uh, this earthquake, by the way, damaged buildings um, in the area. And none of this is factored into the cost of the oil oil that's generated through the process sure and uh, it should be oil is a product by the way that trump needs to study a little bit more about uh, i don't know when he'll have the time he's too busy uh celebrating uh victory laps and uh right. tweeting well as one the guy doesn't do input yeah well i wonder when he's going to do a german uh, a german tour of celebration mm. I hope his State of the Union is translated into German. I'm sure it will sound better. We'll have a little more rhythm to it. Um, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I just like to point out, you know, I've been looking a lot at this trade data, uh, courtesy of the ever-reliable World Almanac. Unaware of the fact that the World Almanac is like... <clears throat> written by Democrats or Republicans or whoever, they're, they're facts. And we are living in a very strange world. Uh, we had a pretty well-known right-wing commentator this past week claim that there are no facts anymore. <laughs> yeah, he said that on the Diane Reem show. We, we live in an age where everybody has their own facts. Yeah. No, that's not at Well, it goes back to Reaganism, of course. Uh, paraphrased, Reagan said facts are silly things. Stubborn. Stubborn things. Quoting John Adams, by the way. Reagan never credited his quotes. <laughs> he was a brilliant... Uh, and, and you know, sometimes I quote people. I mean, I'd be glad to quote Joseph Stalin. Why not? Right. We're living in, in a, this day and age. But facts are facts, and the interpretation of facts or what to do with the information that is gleaned from facts, of course, there's room for dispute on. But facts kind of have to be facts. Well, and they are. For the world to work. And, of course, if you look at the trade deficit with uh, Mexico and Canada, this is part of Trump's uh, upcoming trade policy. He's promised uh, tariffs and renegotiating NAFTA and all that. Most of that um, trade, by the way, involves auto suppliers. Those are, the, those are the goods that are traded. But we buy raw commodities from Canada and uh, Mexico. Mm -hmm. What do we buy? Oil. 
we have to import oil. So when you look at the trade statistics with Canada and Mexico under quote-unquote NAFTA, they went up uh, a lot during the Bush administration when the price of oil went up because we import about 2 million barrels, between 2 and 3 million barrels per day from Canada and Mexico combined. We have increased our purchasing of oil from Canada and Mexico and decreased our purchasing of oil from Saudi Arabia. That's been the oil policy over mm-hmm. the last decade. Well, the, if you look at the trade statistics, the real functionality of the numbers is the price of oil. When oil is trading at $50 a barrel, we have a deficit with those two countries of about $35 billion connected to oil. But when oil goes up to, uh, say, $150 a barrel, as it did in 2008, right before the Great Recession started and the stock market crashed and we had the Henry Paulson of Goldman Sachs taking over our uh, economy for a couple of months as sort of regent, uh, W was nowhere to be found. He was still looking for weapons of mass destruction. Under the desk. Under the desk. And I don't know if he'd taken up painting by that point, but uh, he, he didn't have a clue about what to do. Uh, that's what the the trade deficit is with mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, Mexico and uh, Canada by and large. We have a very small trade deficit with those countries, by the way, relative to our trade deficit with China. Now, of course, uh, Trump went off on a, a little foray out on a limb over the weekend, calling up the president of Taiwan to have a little friendly chit chat. Chit chat. <clears throat> It's Donald here. <laughs> Unbelievable. Why do we have a trade deficit with China? Well, complicated. But one of the major reasons we have a trade deficit with China, you may think it's all about just consumer goods at Walmart and uh, Slave Mart and whatever mart you want to think of. But guess what? We have to buy rare Elements and mineral. Raw materials. Raw materials. Mm-hmm. Our manufacturing sector would literally shut down if we got into a serious trade war with China. And if they slap a bunch of tariffs on these uh, raw materials, then uh, prices go up. The quantity of goods sold by American manufacturers go down. It's pretty basic economics. And, of course, there's been a little bit of a slowdown in China, no question about it. But guess what, Mr. Trump? Last year... Globally, trade declined by $470 billion globally. This is a report that came out about a month ago before the election. The media ignored it. They were too busy talking about Hillary Clinton's emails and the Comey scandal at the time. And this fact, and they are stubborn things, Mr. Trump, has been completely ignored by his incoming... I don't know. Parade of generals. You can't really say brain trust because trust and brain are maybe not operative terms in all the cases. And other than General Washington and General Eisenhower, I would say most of the presidents who were generals weren't very good. We had a lot of generals in the late 19th century. Most of them were... Some of them were actually elected by the Electoral College and didn't win the Mm -hmm. popular vote. Uh, People like Rutherford B. Hayes and Benjamin Harrison 
I don't know if Trump's doing any readings about their presidencies, but it might behoove him to do so. <laughs> uh, let's remember just for the f- the record that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by bigger margins than Nixon did in 68, than John F. Kennedy did in 1960. 